the world won't know, so somebody gotta talk about it, yeah. girls wanna know, what you did to that woman, yeah. the world won't know, so somebody gotta talk about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chats with Champs. I'm your host, Tierra Elise, here with my co-host, Peso. And we are here with not just one, but two of the greatest running backs in NFL history, Hall of Famers Eric Dickerson and Marcus Allen. Welcome to the show, fellas. Thank you. Now, Eric, I know you have this love-hate relationship with the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to know, how does it feel to be in Dallas, Texas right now after our last win against the Giants? Well, first of all, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I guess there's a love hate. Um, I'm from Texas. I love my home state of Texas. Um, I like coming to Dallas. I went to school in Dallas, went to SMU. But do I like the Cowboys? Uh, hell no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Do I pull for them? No, I don't. Uh, they had a great win the other night against the Giants. I mean, a really great win. So it looked, but you know, I call it like I see it. Cowboys have a they have a good football team, and they have a great organization. I think they have one of the best owners in football. You know, for his dealing with his players, you know, and that's hard to say that, but, you know, I, you know, it is what it is, but the Cowboys, I think when you look around the NFL, you look at everything is kind of set by the, the Cowboys, mm -hmm. you know, the Dallas Cowboys. You might not want to admit it, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, one thing that I've learned about the game of football, just from learning about you too, was that it doesn't take the biggest or the strongest player to be the best player. Uh, Marcus, you had your way of dominating the field. I mean, you were a very versatile player. You pretty much knew every position on the field. Um, and then Eric, you had your unique running style, the upright running style that many doubted was not fit for the game of football. But yet here you two are with records that people have still yet to break and um, a very tremendous football journey. So my question, and I'll start with you, Marcus, is what do you believe are key attributes to a successful running back? Well, I, Eric may agree with this. I think that there's, there's some things about um, playing the football and playing the game at a high level that you can't teach. Mm -hmm. I think either you have the ability to, to run, and most of that is instinctual. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, uh, the honest answer, if somebody were to say, hey, Marcus, what were you thinking about in that play? And the honest answer would be, I don't know. I just <laughs> did what I did, right? Yeah. Uh, some guys would try to come up with answers. And the reality is, is that it is purely instinct. Half the time, um, and I don't know how Eric got there, but I got there through deep breathing. Mm -hmm. um, part of my, I guess, my meditation, if you will, relaxation yeah. and stuff. Uh, uh, prior to a game and stuff, just deep breathing uh, the entire game. And that would actually help me get to my second win where I was just void of thought. I did everything just as instinctive uh, as possible and stuff. So the running back position, there's a lot of different styles. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can teach the game. I don't think you can teach a guy to run a certain way. Yeah. I think either they have it or they don't. Yeah, I agree with that, Marcus. I'm right on because, you know, a person say, you know, what were you thinking on that play when you been, say, 47 gap and you have a touchdown. I wasn't thinking nothing. <laughs> you know, it, it just happened. Yeah. I mean, you, you're thinking, you know, you're getting the ball and it just, everything happens so fast because uh, I think anyone that's played pro football knows how fast that game is. I mean, you can't 
you you, you know, you get gas. Oh man, I played when I was in high school. I hurt my knee and I played in college. It ain't nothing like it. It's not. It's nothing like that. So, but but I do agree with Marcus on, on everything he said. Yeah. Well, there there. Let me add to that real quickly. There is a knowledge of the game that you must have, right? Uh, we have to understand our offense. We have to understand where everybody is on the field, what our guys are doing in addition to what they're doing. But when you actually run the ball, uh, you got you got to have great vision. You, you, and but there are things that you know your body does. Um, that is just an instinctive thing. You know, my style. Some people, you know, would say you know I glided and stuff like that. I don't didn't feel that. But that's the way I ran. It's not something that I actually, you know, set out to do. Mm -hmm. I am sure Eric didn't, you know, in his particular style. But he was his was like a, it was it was it was over when he when he rose up. It was over, <laughs> you know, because that's when he hit full stride and stuff. Right. So um, uh, there's a lot of successful styles out there. Um, his was one, mine was one, and stuff. But they're all unique. But again, I think playing that position and more than any other is being completely instinctive. Right. Okay. What were some looks y'all didn't like to see? Like, you know how somebody stacked the box or oh. something like that? I, I said, that's an easy one. Eight minutes front. <laughs> and if so, what teams in y'all in y'all era was the teams that you looked for that for? Like you knew it was coming and you just, you was like, man, <laughs> well, it's going to be a long day. Well, I give you one right to, right to bat for me when we played the Chicago Bears in that NFC Championship game. Um, you know, you got the you got the defensive line, you got the linebackers, which usually you know they have three or four yards behind the the uh, the defensive line, and then the safeties and free safeties should be way back. But when you look and you see this, the the, the defensive line, the linebackers, and the safeties right there, the strong both safeties, safety, yeah, mostly. right there, and the free safeties like right there, mm -hmm. you know, you got a problem because right. <laughs> you know you can't block it. Everybody can't get blocked, right. and it is frustrating because you know you look for your quarterback to take the pressure off you in those situations. And, you know, I, I never played with a great quarterback. I mean, I, my best Ferragamo was the best quarterback I played with. Um, I mean, when I when I can think of times that we completed a pass, I'm like, man, yeah, you know, we, we completed the pass downfield. I mean, I would get excited. I mean, I wasn't a lot of them. But for me, man, I just, I mean, hey, man, Franz, you got, I got tired of seeing them. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Just can I go, can I yeah, go add for to that? It. No, go for it. Because what's really what's really important is that we played in the era where we ran the ball more than we passed. So that's all we played against were eight man fronts. So we played the game in a phone booth. We really did. Right. And so everybody was blocked except that one person. So we had to make that so person. Make so we know that guy was going to be down low, right? If he was coming out of the box, he was going to be in a position to uh, to make the play. So. That was the game that we played at that particular time. Yes, we, 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 we threw the ball, but not as much as they do today. You know, we right. threw an average of maybe 25 times, you think. We probably yeah. ran it more. Right. But um, so we, it was a different, you know, it was a different era, different style. Right. But we would play the game in a phone booth, and it was obviously very, a very <laughs> tight area to play right. in. And so, um, so, you know, today, you know, these guys today, they play. I mean, it's a... It's uh, wide open, dude. It's like, <laughs> and then they don't tackle Watch on top it. of that. <laughs> I know. I'm not trying to, you know, discredit anybody, right. but I'm going, it's like, truth, it's so easy. Though. So everybody's spread out, you know, yeah. they're more interested in sideline to sideline where we had, again, right. we were just in this little area. We had to play the game and stuff. So at least that's where it started, you know. Right. And um, speaking of guys today, are there any running backs 
currently that you enjoy watching or you feel would just are, are you kind of remind you of yourselves? Hmm. Well, for me, that guy would be Derrick Henry. I mean, he's big, he's physical. I mean, I like the big physical back, you know. I think both of us, because we know Mark is 6'3", I'm 6'3", I mean, and, you know, they say, oh, he's a big back. What, what are you, you know, he's 5'10", 215, or 230. Yeah, I'm like, you're yeah, fat back. He's <laughs> 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 fat back. <laughs> I mean, you know, you say 6'3", to me, it's a big back. You know, I even give him 6'1". But most guys now, I mean, you look at them, they're not big. No. No big backs in, in the league. I mean, um, I mean, I, I like McCaffrey out of, you know, San yeah. Francisco. I mean, mm -hmm. I call him white chocolate, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's another guy is Jacobs, you know, the guy in uh, the Raiders. You know, yeah. They run it back. I, I like him, too. But, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a plethora of backs like it was yeah. when we played. I mean, it really, I mean, you just kind of go. Every team had one. I mean, it's very rare if a team didn't have a, a, a running back. I like all the guys that he likes, including uh, Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he didn't have a great game um, at the start of the season, but I think he's special. I think he has, you know, uh, the ability uh, to take it a distance every time he touches right. it. Insane. Yeah, if he gets it right, I mean, he's strong, he's fast, he's elusive, uh, he has a tremendous feet. Uh, right. And that's how I sort of judge running backs, mm -hmm. right? Um, they have to have great feet, you know. Right. So there are some guys that are just fast, but then there are some guys that have the ability to go, you know, uh, run a four or five in, in, in four different directions, you know right. what I mean? Right. Most guys have to slow down and stop. Eric right. had great feet. He had moves in addition to speed and power. Right. Um, we, we kind of say um, that the tall backs are better backs because it's harder to be a tall, tall back. back. Yeah, <laughs> you have man. more to hit in the National Football League, right? As opposed to guys. I mean, you know, I always laugh at Emmett Smith, right? He's what is he five ten or something like that? <laughs> but if Emmett bends, <laughs> hey, yeah. if Emmett bends down, I mean, if he, you know, if he gets any body lean whatsoever, you, you can't see him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Eric and I, we're not hiding from anybody. We're tall. <laughs> we're taller than some of our linemen, so right. it's you know, it's you can't, you can't miss us. So that's yeah. yeah. And, and, and speaking of which, you guys emphasize the importance of the running back. Marcus, you once said that the running back is the essence of football. And yeah. Eric, you talked a great deal about your position as a running back and the impact that you had on the success of the teams that you were on. So why do you think that running backs have a hard time negotiating their contract extensions? Or why do you feel that I don't, maybe some teams just devalue the importance of their running backs. Well, I think, I think the league has devalued, you know, devalued the running back. And I think it started maybe five, five or six years ago. And I won't forget, I heard Mel Kuyper start that crap saying, you know, you don't need a, 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 a back. You know, you can, you, can have, you, can, you can switch them out multiple guys, you know, get this guy carry, that guy carry, you know, and, and you don't need him. The, the most important position on the field is the quarterback. And I'm like, that's not true. I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need everyone. You do need. Right. I mean, it's like, uh, as you know, you can't be successful. I don't count big, fast, you up. You don't have offensive mind. You can't be successful. No. It's a quarterback. You don't have receivers. He can't be successful. I mean, look at Kansas City two weeks ago. He was hitting the receivers in the hand. He dropping the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I give you an idea right there. But I just feel like that um, the backs now, a lot of them have kind of fallen into that too because they don't want to carry the ball. Yeah. 25 times. I mean, there will be weeks, I'm sure, just like Marcus, you carried about 25 times this week and carried 25 times the next yeah. week and may catch five or six passes. I right. mean, so you, you carry the ball 30 sometimes. 
Now the running backs, they, they like to catch it. They like to run maybe 12 times in case like five passes, you know, and that, that's the best, a big load. That's a big work day. Right. I mean, I won't forget, I played the character about 32 times one week and 32 times the next week. Right. So, but you don't, you don't see that anymore. And I, I don't know if the backs want to, but, you know, they've, I just feel like that they've started believing that crap, you know, but they want to get paid. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's almost like that they think more of a kicker than they do of a running back. Well, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Um, yeah. You know, what they've done is basically colluded um, and decided that, you know, it's because it's a passing league and um, I guess they haven't, you know, had that many guys that are actually, I think, special yeah. that have come out. And, and the ones that have come out that were special <clears throat> for some reason maybe have gotten injured. Right. And so now they look at the position a little differently and they say, wait a second. When I first came in the league, the average, they said the average for running back, they didn't even talk about productivity. They just said average for running back was four years. Yeah. So I played 16, you played what? 12, 11. 11. So instead of looking at, you know, guys on an individual basis, they basically just put them in a box and say, okay, guys, listen, you know, we, we, we can't pay everybody, right? Uh, but we can, can. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that, but this is what they're saying. We can't yeah. pay everybody. So the running back, um, because of the fear of, you know, uh, the lack of production after a certain amount of years, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, this is a position we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, sort of downgrade in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, and this is what they've done. It is, again, you should look guys on an individual basis as opposed to looking, you know, at them or putting them in a group. Um, this is the problem, right? And I've said before, the essence of the game, right? Right. Is, is, is block and tackle and running the ball. Eric and I have made guys surrender. There's another aspect of the game that makes your opponent surrender other than running the ball, right? right? You can pass the ball all day long, right? A guy can have excellent coverage. Eric can be right here. He can catch the ball and I can be right here and I can say, oh, I'm sorry, coach. I didn't locate the ball. I didn't, I didn't turn my head. But when a guy's kicking you, <laughs> there's no excuses, right? And that's yeah. the part of the running, you know, the, what the running game does. And that's why it's so important, right? Because it's the only part that makes your opponent surrender. And it's the only part that gets your opponent fatigued. Right. Right. They've lost the essence of the game. It's more of a show now and it's passing. Right. So this is why, you know, and if you're not versatile enough to be, you know, a guy who can catch it out, you know, out of the backfield as well, um, you know, in addition to, you know, obviously hoping to have some longevity, uh, this is the position they've determined it's going to, you know, that's going to suffer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think about my first year, I carried the ball 390 times, but I had 51 receptions for like, like 400 and some yards. Next year, I carried 404 times. You know, nobody does that. Nobody yeah, we can't, but we came out when uh, the, you know, it was said the ball's not heavy. So, so why are we getting tired? So it was a different time, right? We played right. eight man yeah. box and now we play, you know, it's like now this platooning, it is, it's the, the league is a me too league. This is something you guys really have to understand. It is a me too league. If one team has success, somebody else is going to do it. So this is why they're, you know, they're going to devalue one bank. Other teams are going to do the same thing. And this is what they've been doing. So right. everything is a me too. You know, it's like 
So this team does it. They've had success. So we're going to try it. Everybody follow suit. Right? How do you think y'all fit the mold in this day and era? Just being with like y'all mentality. Oh, this, this is easier. It's easier. It's easier. It's easier. I would devour. This is fast, this is fast break, you know, football, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, we're thinking problem. I think we'd have a problem. I think we might get frustrated because, you know, they want to rotate you. I think that's that's oh, the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that would be yeah. one of the problems. Like, hey, man, I'm I'm good. Don't, right. don't take me out the game. Yeah. Yeah, that would be one of the problems. I think that it would happen. But, man, we would you'd kill him. I mean, you give me an offensive line. I mean. Get Marcus, give us an offensive line. We'd be, it would be and a quarterback. Oh my God! <laughs> well, th this is the other thing. Uh, playing today, I, I think um, the offensive line's first moves are backwards instead of forward. Right. So this is what they're learning now: right. the pass block before they run block. Right. You think that's so? They interpret it like the RPO. Yeah. To yeah. make up for it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. It, uh, that's, that's nothing more than trickeration. That's right. all it is. Right. It's not lining up and say, okay, me against you, you know I'm coming there, and you still can't stop me. Right. That's completely different. Everything is trickery now, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. You guys have explained the, that there's a difference between the game of football and the business of football, and both of you have been very vocal about your conflicts with the business of football. Um, Marcus, you are very vocal about your dispute with uh, former Raiders owner Al Davis and during your playing time, how you were pretty much removed from the game of football because of the business of football. Yeah. And um, Eric actually came uh, onto the Raiders team in 1992. Mm -hmm. And obviously you two are like brothers now, but how was it during that time watching someone take your position because it, of the business of football. It, it wasn't easy, right? And um, there was no free agency at the time. Mm -hmm. That is probably the key because of the, where I would have been gone. But I would go into his office uh, on, on, on multiple occasions and say, you know, I don't like it here. Uh, cut me, you know, trade me, do whatever. And uh, he, he would always promise to trade me. And then he would come back a week later and said, nobody wants you. Yeah. <laughs> this is the games that he played, but I was able to extricate myself, uh, you know, from that situation because I was one of the four named plaintiffs that sued the National Football League. Yeah. And it was changed the game and guys have benefited from me today. So um, that wasn't easy. And I never blamed Eric. I always liked Eric, right? I always yeah. admired him, actually. Uh, and actually thankful he never, you know, he didn't go to USC. Yeah. <laughs> because if you, if you guys know the story, because yeah. he got recruited, right? Right. And because I, I started on defense, right. and the reality was right. is they didn't have anybody playing running back. Mm -hmm. So they asked me to come over and play. That's how I ended up playing running back at USC, right? Right. Now, if, if they were recruited Eric Dickerson, I mean, he would have been the back, and I would have stayed over there in defense right. and stuff. So, um, but I also see, you know, saw Eric just put up these incredible numbers with Dallas and stuff. And so I always had this admiration from, and I think we had this like this friendly competition uh, going back and forth. Yeah, but it was nothing that was like, there was no jealousy and stuff. It was yeah. like, man, he's playing, man. You gotta get, you gotta get going and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, but it was challenging, no doubt about it. Eric would tell you, um, they told him that I wasn't gonna be there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I, clearly I was, and he was disappointed yeah. at that. <laughs> But I think we handled the situation good. Yeah. Eric will also tell you that 
if he had any information that he needed, I always gave it yeah. to him. I never held back, and this is why we're friends today. Yeah. Uh, I guess you guys remember the story of, uh, I think it was um, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and mm -hmm. he said, that's not my responsibility. Well, if you're a team player, it is your responsibility. Yeah. Because even though I wasn't playing, I didn't want to lose. Right. Right. I didn't want to be in a losing squad. And that's, 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 that's even worse, that's right? Worse. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I always, one, I like Derek. Two, um, uh, being a good teammate, you always try to, you know, yeah. you're always trying to make your other guy better. And that's, right. that's the, the, the great thing about football is, right. and I'm sure there's other occupations too, but you've got to educate a guy, mm -hmm. right? That's trying to take your spot. Right. We've, we've done it, you know, with younger guys coming in and veterans coming in. So that's one of the challenges. It says a lot about you as a person, mm -hmm. you know, um, immediately if you, if you, you know, if you, if you, you know, you don't talk, you slide mm -hmm. down to the other room. Right. Mean, Eric and I aren't here. You know what I mean? Right. We're not here today. Yep. So we have Marcus's side, but Eric, what was your initial reaction to, to well, Marcus? Did you feel the same way about Marcus? Well, I'm going to tell you, when, when, I, when they talked to me about coming to the Raiders, uh, first thing I said, well, what about Marcus? And they said, well, we're going to trade him. I said, and I asked them, I said, you sure? They said, yeah, because look, one thing and is you don't, a greater player as Marcus was with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. I always looked at him as the ultimate Raider, really. I mean, really, because, you know, not just because of the Super Bowl, but, you know, he was a Raider. Yeah. He, he was. He was. A, he was a Raider, and you know, I felt like you know, I was. You know, I'm coming. I'm the outsider. I was saying, you know, you. And then when they, when they, when I saw it, they were lying. Like, okay, this is a lie. Yeah. To me, you know, <laughs> what I found out later is they brought me that kind of just to mess with Marcus. Right. They all did, which was to me is wrong. That's why yeah. I really didn't. I didn't like that situation. I thought it was messed up. And one one instance, I, I, I really did not care for him. We were together, and mm -hmm. we were start at the Hall of Fame, and when Mr. Davis came, well, we were walking by, and, and us. And Marcus put his hand out, you know, yeah. to, to, to shake his hands, you know, like, and I said, I, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I'm like, I was like, wow, man. I mean, what more can you do? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it's just. Through all the stuff, I put that behind yeah, me. And I, yeah. like, I, mean, that, I mean, to me, that, right. that, that just shows because me, I don't know if I could have did that. Right. I, ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Right. I, 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 you, I know you could. Know. <laughs> what are you talking about? What you don't know. Yeah. Oh no, If you cross Eric, it's over. It's it's, it's over, right? That's how he is. So. But yeah, I mean, and I, I give him credit for that, and he's right because I mean, I remember times when, you know, because he knew the offense. He knew the offense, back backwards and forwards. Forwards because he was, you know, he could play quarterback too. Yeah. So sometimes I had to ask him, you know, what do I do on this play? Right. And you know, and and like you said, he would help me. Right. You know, and I just and I really I. That's a situation I really didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like because mm -hmm. I feel like they put us both in a very awkward position, you know, you know, because you know we play the same position, and right. you know, and I think about like I said, when you were in L.A. and I was in L.A. and I was with the Rams, and we, it was kind of like not against each other, but, you know, yeah. we, we played, we played, we, we played, we played, we played the Raiders. I'm the last season, last season, I think it was '85. Yeah, we played, we played them the last, the last game of the, the year. They beat us. They beat us in Anaheim, but you know, I just didn't think that was. That was that was fair. So I know y'all been keeping up with Dion. He replaced it like you know how they got the C in NFL for captain. He replaced it with a D and L, which mean dog and leader. So which one of y'all be a dog? And which one of y'all be a leader? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might be the dog. <laughs> well, I I think it was both. Yeah, both. Yeah, I think you can't you can't you can't do what we did right. without being both. Yeah, right. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, uh, in my case, I was I was not only the 
you know, I, I, I led through example, but I, I was also the team leader too. I mean, I would call team meetings and stuff like that. Even when we're, lo you know, we were losing and I wasn't playing, I would call a team meeting and say, this is, you know, this, we can't have this. This is not, you know, who we are and stuff like that. So, but um, in order to be great, you have to have all those qualities. You can't just, you know, uh, actually you got to be more than a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't be selfish. I mean, you, you, yeah. you can't be, I mean, you just can't be a, a selfish mentality about like, it's all about me. And yeah. I'll give you a good example. Matter of fact, <laughs> last week, um, my son, he played, he plays flag football. And uh, I, you know, you could tell when you are in something, you know, he don't like something. Like people, yeah. you can tell you, you know, the kids. Right. Like, <laughs> so I could tell by his demeanor, he was walking in on that, you know, and they were winning, they were playing. Yeah. But you know, he had one touchdown, he, he, I could tell that. And so after the game, I said, I said, I said, what's wrong with you? He said, well, I, you know, I only scored one touchdown. I said, what? I said, so, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, so you care about what you do, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I want to get the ball. I said, uh, so I went till we got in the car. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see it in front of me. I, just, <laughs> I said, let me ask you a question, son. I said, so if you could have had five touchdowns mm -hmm. and y'all would have lost the game, would you be happy with that? He said, repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Which means yes. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, if you could have five touchdowns. <laughs> And you'd have lost the game. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Would you? Have, would you have a better attitude? He said. He said, "Yeah." I said, "Boy." I said, "You cannot be that selfish." I said, I said, you can. But I said, "I give you credit." I told him, "I give you credit for being honest." Yeah. I said, you, you, "You're honest about it." I said, "You cannot play football like that." I said, "It's not like that, son." I said, "I'm really disappointed in you, you know, for thinking like that." And you know, when I think of when I think of Marcus, I think of him as that guy. He, you know, he's not. He wasn't a selfish player. He wasn't yeah. selfish. Not not at all. I mean. When I think of, because somebody asked me a question, say, well, who would you want to carry the ball on the goal line? I said, Marcus Allen. I mean, right off the bat, not, not even yeah. myself, because when, when he got by the goal, I don't know how he did it, some kind of way he could finagle <laughs> yeah. to get into the end zone. I mean, you know, over the top, through the sides. Yeah, the high, under yeah. the bottom. Hey, you know what it was? What it was, what? I was born the year of the rat. <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> I swear. I swear. I'm like, and so, like, no, seriously, yeah. we're talking yeah. about watching film. We would come back Monday and watch film, and the guys would say, how'd you do that? I just, I don't know, dude, I just got, I mean, holes this big sometimes you get through and you go like, like get skinny and stuff, man. So you just really, it's funny. And so um, with the new up and coming players in college, we'll, we're gonna take it to the college level now. Both of you were top football recruits for college. Um, and now you see the NIL agreements happening. So I believe that the NIL agreements and the money that the guys are receiving from their endorsements, and y'all can share your opinions on this, but I believe that it's beneficial to them because it prepares them for the road ahead. Road ahead. So for example, if they're drafted, we see most players, once they get drafted, they get that big check in their hand, it's gone. But now they're seeing the big checks early on. I believe that it's more beneficial to them, but do you guys think that it's maybe a hindrance or a distraction for them because they're getting this money? Well, me personally, no, I, I think it's great. I, I think I think it's, it's, this should have been done years ago. I've, I've always felt like NCAA is like a bunch of slave masters. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I just got black players because yeah. I feel like that, let's think about it, the players do all the work and they yeah. make all the money. It's when I, and, I, and it, it gets me when the coaches say, you know, the, the players shouldn't get paid. All right, well, you shouldn't get paid for coaching it. You should do it for free. Right. <laughs> you do it, you, they, if they're doing it for you, do it for free. Right. You know, they just put you, house you and do that kind of stuff. You don't yeah. get no money. I think it's great, but I, and I, I do like that, what you said, because it does prepare the young men 
and women, mm -hmm. you know, that, that are getting money now. Because the thing is, I won't forget when I first got my paycheck playing pro football, I'm like, man, where's all this? What's this tax? You know, what is it? <laughs> take it yeah. out. Because when, if you, when you're 17, 18 years old, and you get, you get a say, somebody gonna give you, you make a million dollars. You thinking, I'm getting a million dollars. No, son, you may get 700,000. <laughs> Where did other 307,000 yeah. dollars go? Yeah, right. reality hits them. So reality hits them. Yes, I, I really believe it's a good thing. Um, I think that they're doing the work. They should get paid for it. What I don't like is that I don't think it's fair for, I'm like, I take your money mm -hmm. from, from your university and, and now I'm, I'm I don't want to be, I'm going to go to that university. Yeah. If you want to do that, get the money back. You can go and go, go what you want to do. I think, I right. think you should be able to be able to do it twice and that's enough. But I do believe that the players, and I like it, the girls too, because I think it's, it's a girl here in Dallas. I think that's in me. I think her name is Sam. Mm -hmm. And I think the Sam club pays her because they, they can use her name and likeness. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. What I, what, what is disappointing me? And I think uh, the great reveal is, is that uh, it, it shows the hypocrisy of, of, of it all. Right. Mm -hmm. They've always criticized the players for wanting to get paid and stuff yeah. like that. Coaches have made promises to, you know, uh, to players and recruited them, but they've left for big dollars now. Mm -hmm. But now you have obviously, you know, the dismantling of the, I shouldn't dismantling, but the, 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 the Pac-12 breakup. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Pac and, it, and it's it's basically, you know, it's a money yeah, grab, yeah. you know. So they've criticized the players and stuff. So I mean, don't you ever criticize the players again because universities have left for more money, right? Coaches have left for more money. I, I don't want to ever hear that again and stuff. Uh, yeah. But I do agree with Eric and stuff. Yeah, I mean, to see guys, and in some cases there, I think there's one player, I think that may have gone to like four different universities. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Too. I mean, he's, yeah. Uh, maybe he's, I don't know. If he, I don't know if that's the. You know, that's. I don't think that's going to be the norm. But yeah. I mean, I think they opened up Pandora's box, and right. I don't think they, you know, initially knew what was going to happen. Um, and I think they have to sort of, you know, rein it back in. They should have had some guidelines from the beginning. Yeah. But they're going to have to rein it back in because I think it's gotten a little, you know, a little bit crazy and stuff. And. Uh, what I won't do, and I'm sure Eric won't do it either, is we won't play the game of, of what, you know, what we would have made if we had been there. That'll yeah. drive you crazy. Oh, you know? yeah. Just like, uh, I, don't, I don't even think about it. But, well, that, yeah. <laughs> so y'all uh, both agree that it should be some critiques, but what about like, as far as the player motivation to play the game? Like, you think that has something to do with a little bit of motivation no. on Saturdays? No, uh, when you're playing, we're looking, let me tell you what, when you get on that field, you don't think about no money you get. I mean, I can tell you, for example, Playing with the Rams, it was times I was so pissed off at them because of my contract. But I didn't, man, I got, I got to play hard. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop the ball because I'm gonna slide, I'm gonna stumble or fumble. Right. No, man. Uh, when you're on that field, cause, because you're not just for me. You got, to, you got other guys yeah. you're depending on. They depend on you too. I mean, so and it's a pride thing. It's a pride because you, yeah. it's almost like it's like an artist. You want to show how good you are. I want to show my, I want to show what I can do against you. Yeah. So no, I don't think. I know for me, and I would say I know for Marcus the same way. I don't think I don't think any athlete feel like that. if you do that, you shouldn't be an athlete. You 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 you're a trash athlete. This is how well we know each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Eric wanted to be the highest paid in the league. I think Eric wanted to be treated fairly. That was it, That's right? What I wanted. Same with me. I never you know sought out to be. I mean, because I think it's sort of an ego thing, right? It's like yeah. uh, the high. You just you just want to be compensated, treated fairly, right? Yeah. To you know. Uh, pay to your ability. That's all you want, right? And so for me, it was like, you know, 
as I look at everything, I go like, Shh, that's the only thing that really mattered because uh, I wanted to be great. So when I signed the contract, I had my, you know, my two days of euphoria. Then it was back to being, okay, you want to be one of the best players that ever played? Yeah. That took, always took over. That was always the overriding factor. Yes, we understood there was business, right? right? But we felt like if we got to that pinnacle of being one of the greatest ever, everything else would fall in place. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. Um, he, you know, obviously an organization that uh, was, you know, let's say they were pretty stingy, right? Mm -hmm. And then in my, my, my situation, you know, I, I, uh, I think it was the last four years I, um, I played on one-year contracts and I don't know if I got a raise or not, to be honest with you, you know, which was because I think the, uh, the, uh, the union uh, decertified. And so we didn't have any representation, right? And so that's opened the door for the legal challenge that uh, oh, we eventually won and stuff. But um, yeah, there was business, but at the same time, we felt like if we were one of the greatest players of all time, and I know that was one of his quests, which was later, right? right. It, it blows me away when I hear the story. He wasn't really even interested in football. Yeah. Right, so and, you know it's weird. He's like, "What? You weren't interested in football, there?" You know, I wouldn't think about playing professional football. Yeah, at all. I like football itself. Love, love football, but playing pro football, playing pro football, that never crossed my mind. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know. pro football. I'm the complete, I, no, complete. I've never thought about it. Yeah. When I was no. ten years old, I made a decision on what side of the television <laughs> set I wanted to be on. That's what I wanted to do. I said, I don't want to be watching. That's what I wanted to do. So, and it was always my ambition. So. And, and Eric, in your book, you were very vocal about your experiences with racism in the league. You even uh, recall the time where you were at the Colts game and they had a banner pretty much mocking you. So my question to you is during that time, how are you still able to perform at your best when you knew you, were, you had to face things like this on a regular basis? It, it was tough. I mean, I, let me tell you the thing about being an, a, an athlete, especially a professional football player, is that a lot of things you just have to suck it up. I mean, I'm back in those days for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think about even the players before me. I, I won't forget, I asked Jim Brown the question. I said, Jim, I said, man, how tough was it, you know, wearing them, that, that helmet and all that? He said, he said, man, that was easy. He said, the tough things were things outside of football, you know, the racist stuff. I, I didn't think about it. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't think about that, especially back when he played. Right. And, and I saw stuff when I played. I mean, I won't forget it in, in Indianapolis where they hung the banner over the, over the rail and had the, the little black baby. And, the, and these were Colts fans, this, right? Yeah, these were Colts yeah. fans. And in this style position with a stack of money on one side, watermelons on the other side, and with my number and eating fried chicken. And I'm like, wow. You know, they let that stay up there at halftime. I mean, wow. It was, it was hurtful, but you know, you, I, I had a job to do. And I'll never forget my friend. I was dating a girl, you know, Holly. I was dating Holly. Yeah. And after the game, she was at the game and she came and she was, she said, Eric, I don't see how in the world you play for them. She said, I just, she said, I was so pissed off. I said, I was pissed too, but you know, what, what do you do? I mean, you know, it's still, and, and look, I'll say this much here. Some things have changed, but that ain't changed that much. Yeah. You know, they, they hide it in different ways. Right. They, they, they really do. You know, I just saw where uh, the writer, I think it's Trotter. I can't think of his first name. Joel Trotter, I think it's something Trotter. Mm -hmm. He made a comment. One of the, one of the, the um, owners, I guess the owners of the Bills, made a, a racist comment about, you know, if they want to own the team, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to play. Let them go back to Africa and see how they like Africa. Yeah. And I think about when I was doing this stuff, trying to help the players, especially the Hall of Famers, get some kind of stipend. He was one of the guys that was against me. Right. You know, he was, and he's black. 
I said, now you're on the other side. They talking about you. How you like it? You know, how you feel about it now? You know, so, I mean, you know, the racist stuff. It's just part of the deal. And, and you grew up in the segregated South in Sealy, Texas. I mean, it was a part of your everyday life. Your mom, she was a huge, uh, well, not huge, but she pretty much said, like, it's just different for us. And she instilled that in you at a young age. So I think getting into the league and seeing that was kind of just like, look, I got a job. I'm here to do what I got to do. I've been dealing with this, <laughs> so with I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. But for Marcus, you grew up in California. Big did difference. you did, How was your experience? My, my, my first uh, uh, racial incident was my high school game when I got a death threat. Uh, we were playing the CAF championship. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> no, no, really? no, Eric, you, 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 wow. got, you got to understand, Eric, you know, we grew up yeah, in San Diego, California. Right. Completely different, right? My whole exposure to, you know, really the race issues were watching television and, you know, uh, Martin Luther King and, you know, all, all that situation, right? Because, and, and really sort of, and which you're away from, but all the incidents that are happening really in, uh, Los Angeles, right, with right. the Watts riots and stuff like that, right? So, I mean, yeah, it didn't touch me up until then. So, yeah. and that's just uh, a geographical, you know. Yeah. I grew up in an area where we were, um, and I, I mean, I had a different upbringing too. My dad is actually from Denison, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And my mother's from New Orleans, and we discussed that. And so they moved out uh, west, and that's where we met. But my dad was also, um, uh, a, a contractor, right? And so mm -hmm. we were probably were the only uh, kids in our neighborhood and it was really Mexican and, um, and predominantly black and right. some Samoan some and stuff. We really didn't have any white people in our area. But we would go to uh, La Jolla uh, and work there. And so I was exposed to a lot more than most kids in my, in my neighborhood and in, in my school because we interacted with everybody. I remember my, uh, our house caught on fire when we were 10 years old mm -hmm. and we went to stay with my dad's friend who was a German family. Yeah. And so we didn't grow up with those things like Eric and, and guys in the South. So I never argue anything uh, about that. I just tell them my experience and I realize that, I mean, there's certainly racism everywhere and stuff sure. like that, but I, I can't speak to the things that guys like these guys have grew up around and stuff, or Richard Dent, who's, uh, you know, uh, who's, you know, from Georgia, right? Yeah. And his experiences and stuff like that. So you will never see me argue with those guys about things that I really don't, you know, or didn't have those, you know, those issues growing up with. Yeah. Well, picking back off of that, you, uh, when you went to SMU, isn't one of like your best friends white? And he, uh, you shared the backfield with him? Craig Jane. Yeah. Craig, my guy, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, when you, play a sport like football. I mean, I speak for out-sport football. Your color is not just in color. Your color is red. I was red, white, and blue. That's our yeah. color. Yeah. It's that Mustang. But it's the Trojan. You know, it's the, you know, the crimson and gold. It's the yeah. color. That's like when I was playing for high, it's black and gold. It was a Sealy Tiger. You're a tiger. You know, I can, I, I never really experienced a real racism in my hometown of Sealy. I'm a small, it's a small town of 2,000 people. Um, you know, like, like Tara said, my mother, she taught me early. She said, she said to me, say, because, you know, I would say things and she's like, son, you got to stand there. It's different. You, you black, right. it's different for you, son. It's different for you. I, the first time I really saw it was that I went out for the Little League baseball team and then and tries. And I hit, I hit three home runs, could catch, throw, do, do it all. I mean, do everything. 
And I remember some of the kids, you know, they couldn't catch, throw that well, but they put me on minor league. I made minor league instead of little league. They yeah. put the white kids and my cousin, he made little league. He was a little light-skinned guy, my cousin Bobby. And I'm like, I just couldn't understand why they make little league. And yeah. I, when, I, when I went home, I rode my bike back. My mom said, so did you make it? I said, no. I said, I made minor league. She said, I said, Mom, but I hit three home runs. I hit more home runs than anybody. Yeah. She said, son, she said, it's different for you, Eric. You say you're black. She said, it's different. And that's when I first saw it, but I still didn't ex really accept it like that. But yeah. you know, that's, that's my first experience with it. The one thing great about uh, sports is, and he'll tell you, it, it breaks down all those walls, though. Yeah. And uh, I wish everybody could participate and, and, and go down in a foxhole and, and, mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, none of that other stuff really matters and stuff. It's like, do I have your back? We got to survive. We got to win. We got to, you know, we got to fight through all those things. Uh, I mean, it forges bonds that last forever. forever. And that's the thing. And it really doesn't matter what color you are. Mm -hmm. Matters, you know, the, for us, it was a cardinal and gold. And guys that I haven't seen, doesn't care what color they are. For 20-some years, 30 years, dude. I mean, we embraced like it was just yesterday. So yeah. it certainly breaks down a lot of barriers. I mean, it, I mean, we think about wars and things like that. It's sports. It has really been a medicine for a lot of those, uh, you know, mm -hmm. issues. Going back to college football players, both of your families were very instrumental in your decisions of which college you chose. So for any high school or college athletes listening right now, what is some advice that you can give them about um, the college recruitment process and preparing for it? <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny, Eric? Why are you laughing? Yeah, I'm curious too. I'm curious to know where that laugh came from. I'm laughing because I know when they, when they come to recruit you, it's pretty much a lie. You know, we need you. You know, we, I'm telling you, we got you. We don't need nobody else. They go to market. We need you. If we get you, we need nobody. I mean, look, they tell all the kids the same the thing. They tell them all the same story. That's what. That's why I'm laughing because it's funny. Because I won't forget they recruited me and they recruiting Craig at the same time, and they showed an interview with Ron Meyer. Ron, Ron Meyer said. We're not recruiting him. You know, we, we talk to him, but damn, you know, we don't care if he comes or not. We don't worry about no trans there. <laughs> then he told somebody else the same thing, right? He told somebody else the same thing. So that's why I laugh because, look, that, that decision is a tough decision. It really is. It's, it's, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they have a portal now so kids can move, change, move around because it's hard to get it right the first time. Yeah. And, and you're asking a young kid, to get it right the very first right. time. But a coach can get it wrong and he can go to another university the next year and another one if right. he wants to. That's that's so tough. So, I mean, all I can tell the young kids is, you know, sometimes mom and dad knows best, a grandma, because I can tell you, my mother made the decision for me. I wanted to go to OU. That's yeah. why I wanted to go to college. Right. And uh, I'll never forget she said a few things to me. She said, boy, you ain't gonna live in no damn Oklahoma. <laughs> Why you wanna go to Oklahoma? I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? I mean, I'm like, I'm a kid, but I'm like, well, you live in Oklahoma? Yeah. And, you know, she said, I'm an old lady. I ain't coming to no damn Oklahoma. And another thing, I went to transfer. When I came back, I went to transfer. I told her, after my freshman, I went to transfer to OU. Um, and so she said, son, I go back. I said, mom, I said, I wanna transfer. She said, what? I said, well, sit your ass down. <laughs> she took a piece of paper, put a line down there. She went, SMU, other. She said, all right, so you got a scholarship at SMU. Yes, ma'am, that's a check. 
So you're guaranteed a scholarship at OU. Well, I'm guaranteed. That's X. So you're playing it. That's the, yeah, I'm playing. But I have, you're playing? Yep, that's yeah. a check. <laughs> Are you guaranteed to play at OU? Well, that, that's X. Yeah. So make a long story short, it's all checks on the SMU side and all X's on the other side. She said, boy, take your ass back to SMU. Yeah. And I went back and boom, it was, it, was the right, it was the right decision. I said it was the right decision she made for me. I give her credit. That was her decision. And I liked that seat when I went down. I liked it, but it was just too far. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was I was just really lucky. It was it was completely my decision. My um, the one other school that I was considering was Oklahoma as well, right? And I told Dad, my father, that I was thinking about uh, going there, and he says, "Well, hey, if that's what you want to do, if I have to rob a bank, I'd be there every week." And that's what he said. So, which was which was great to hear. Not the bank part, but. <laughs> uh, that he was supportive enough right. that he would drive down, but I made it easy for him because I always wanted to go to USC. And for 15 straight years, because 11 with the Raiders, I was mm -hmm. the original, you know, first round pick yeah. of the Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, I always tell people I'm the LA Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders and okay. stuff. So they got to sit in the same, basically the same seats for almost 15 years and stuff. So, and for me, it was always such a blessing to have them come up and, um, I had a ritual, I'm sure you had one too. I always call my um, my grandmother before every game. Yeah. And then I would obviously go out in the field and I would check to see if my parents were in the stadium. And then I would, you know, wave at them and then I'd go play. And so uh, for me it was, um, you know, a lot of times uh, you have dads uh, and, 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 and some, in some cases moms too that mm -hmm. want to project their reality onto you yeah. or their dreams onto right. you. Um, I was lucky enough that my parents said, hey, whatever you want to do, we're going to support you. And that was all that I needed because everything that I did was to honor them and, and to, uh, and to, you know, and, and to elevate the last name on the back of my jersey. So how important is having that family a part of your college recruitment process or to anyone that's listening, the college recruits? How important is having family a part of their process? Well, it's uh, family's important, period. Uh, right. Not just in that process, but because no man's an island. You know, we don't mm -hmm. do this by ourselves. Right? Yeah. And so um, to have people behind me that believed in me and that gave me confidence and that supported me, never questioned uh, anything, meant the world to me, right? Yeah. Um, and was lucky enough, my brother and I'm going to Cal State Fullerton, Mm -hmm. uh, he played quarterback there. So um, my parents showed no partiality. They would drive 100 miles to see me. The next wow. week they would see him. And my brothers uh, and sister were there as well. So uh, I also had, you know, when you talk about the village, I had aunts and uncles that would travel mm -hmm. to come see me play. So I always had family there and it meant the world to me and stuff. And again, no man's an island. We don't do this by ourselves. Uh, we didn't get there by ourselves and stuff like that. So to have that support, and have you that, that sort of continue to support me as the world. Well, guys, I want to thank y'all so much for taking time to come out and be here on Chats with Champs. We appreciate y'all just taking time to be here. It's truly an honor to be in your presence. Not only great football players, great men. Thank you. you feel me? Thanks for tuning in with Chats with Champs. We appreciate y'all a lot. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, guys, speak.